Welcome to the podcast that passes poor performance on pop culture. I'm one of your hosts, Darren Duncan, alongside with my best friend, Audie Marsh. We're just a couple of cool cats casually causing some chaos with conversation. We're here to entertain you, not hurt your feelings, so don't blame us. Chevy, hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm I'm great. So we have a mutual... Uh, Chevy or <laughs> yeah, like is that your real name or do you do you shorten it? Because he he said that you were Irish and that you go by I don't know. He said something about it. He told me to ask you about your name. Yes, my name is Chevy. Um, I uh, I say to everyone that my mom's name is Mercedes and my dad's name is Bentley. So we oh, keep the okay. car <laughs> tradition going on nice. uh, with car names. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's what he meant then. Well, that's that's kind of like it's kind of like me. I'm I'm Audi, and there's Audi, and then my son's Bentley. So yeah, oh, it's, yeah. It's so I will never afford a Bentley, so I had to name my kid one. Yeah, I mean, I still can't afford a Chevy. I'm driving a, a Toyota currently, but oh, there's nothing wrong with Toyotas. No. <laughs> Where are you right now in the country? You're on the East Coast, right? I'm on the East Coast. I am in the Capital District of New York, so Albany. Um, yeah, now I'm born and raised here, and I uh, moved back once COVID hit. So just kind of, oh, okay. I was living towards the city before COVID. Um, I was living with a family member, so uh, anytime I was off tour, I'd have a lot of music video opportunities. But once COVID hit, I kind of came back up here uh, just to offset some expenses. <laughs> right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So what is it that you do exactly? Like, how, what's the best way to describe it? I, um, I know there's so much more to you than just doing makeup, and I felt bad for just putting that on the flyer. But So I'd really like to give you the opportunity to tell everybody what it is exactly that you do. Yeah, so I, uh, for Ice and Kills, I do wardrobe. I take care of their wardrobe on the road. I make sure all the props are ready to go for stage and manage them. And then, of course, their makeup um over that's what it initially started as when i first joined the crew um of course over the years not only did that department grow but with my free time i was able to help and uh, wear other hats so i also will help uh run and coordinate with my tour manager vip uh checking people in we do trivia so i help come up with the questions and uh navigate through that and then uh just kind of have a helping hand wherever else i can that's really cool. It sounds like a really fun job. My dad always said that if you enjoy what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. So would you, uh, would you, is that safe to say, or I'm sure there's still some pretty tough days, right? There are definitely some challenges with each day. Um, but I, that statement can never hold any more truth to it. It, it really, uh, especially for me when, uh, being a concert goer to start out, like, you know, like, going to the shows and waiting in line for hours and throwing elbows to get to the front of the barricade for the possible glimpse that like any of the band members recognize me. They'll never remember me after the night kind of thing Um, to then be on the other side of it and help, you know, put on a show for everybody. That's either going to be like their first show or a show for their birthday or, you know, just a show that they've been waiting for, for months. It's, it's a really rewarding uh, feeling to know that I get to create those memories or experiences for those people. Like I was a part of it in some way. It's a, it's a very good feeling. Yeah. You're like the only person I can really think of where like fans are just as excited to meet you as they are members of the band. Like I see lots of selfies with fans and you like, that's gotta be a really cool feeling to like be a part of that whole package. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's grown over the years, so it's still a bit of adjusting to it. But I still get really excited. Uh, even the past tour, the Trinity of Terror tour, everyone was like, "Oh my God, that shit!" Like I would hear it faintly. Um, I would hear it faintly, and then I would, I kind of like, "Oh my God, are they gonna ask for a photo with me?" <laughs> and it's, it's, it's really exciting. Uh, sometimes I do have to unfortunately say I can't right now because it's either in the middle of checking people in or I have to run and do something quick. But it's. It's really great. I uh, I really appreciate it, and it's it's nice to be recognized. It's uh, it's hard to describe it. Do you ever get any cool gifts from fans? I know a lot of fans like to bring gifts for members of bands, and like since you're kind of like the 
official unofficial band member like do you ever get stuff like that from fans yeah i uh the fan art is always my favorite uh not only being an artist myself but just seeing how other people feel so compelled to create art that inspired them either through me or through ice nine with me as like the topic or even the boys for like the guys for example they get some really cool artwork so fan art will always be like a soft spot for me but i've gotten some really cool gifts aside from fan art um I don't know if it's considered fan art, but like somebody made a custom Funko Pop of me. And I oh, was, really? Yeah, yeah. I have. I was. I, it's and it, my hair changes color consistently, so it's if it's an older hairstyle, but it just looked so on point. And like you, try, I'm trying to figure out like which other Funko Pops got you know Frankenstein to put it together, but that was really cool. Um, somebody got me a popcorn maker. <laughs> was, That's cool. <laughs> I was mind blown, and I was like, how the what it, yeah so i've gotten some really cool stuff but the fan art will certainly always hold like a special place in my heart um yeah but it's it's a really good feeling it's um especially you know people taking the time to create something that again they feel so inspired by by you it's it's really yeah awesome. like you're in their mind and heart when they're creating this thing and like i i would think like i can't draw or anything but i would think if i could draw really well i'd want to keep it but I think it's really cool that like they're completely thinking of you and like she's I'm going to give this to her. I got to meet her. I got to give this to her. That's such a crazy feeling. I bet that's awesome. Yeah, there was one time in Europe, uh, this fan um, because we only hit so many certain markets in Europe. uh, She definitely traveled from way out of her way. Like she think she was explaining she traveled like maybe four hours or something. If I if my memory serves me well, which it doesn't typically so, but it was very it was a very long travel she was talking about and um, oil painting uh, from having an art degree she uh, oil pa- she explained that she did oil painting and I was looking at them and they, it was very realistic and the reason oil painting is such a pain in the ass is that sometimes the paint can take up to a week to dry. Oh shit! Yeah, so. Um, I'm not a fan of oil painting because of that. I have very minimal patience when things dry. So she, I was looking at them and I was just, I caught myself just mesmerized, like staring at it, like thinking of the time and effort she put into it. So those were some, some of the artwork that the boys get like that, for example, is just mind blowing. So you tour with them everywhere. You've been overseas with them. Is that like the only time like you've been overseas or have you traveled the world before this job or did that take you like to other countries? So, yeah, I mean, Ice Nine has certainly given me a, a majority of the experiences I've, I've had when it comes to traveling overseas and internationally. Um, the only time I've ever been overseas non-related to the band was for a destination wedding. And that was in Ireland, Ireland. Um, and that was beautiful nonetheless, but I, with the band I've been to, oh my gosh, Australia, like Scotland, so many beautiful countries and so many beautiful places um, that I couldn't fathom paying my way or not having the chance to go if it wasn't for the band, of course. So you've been doing this for a while then because uh, like for them to go to all those other countries, it's been a while that they've done that, right? It certainly has. Uh, So I joined in, I joined the crew in 2019 spring of 2019 and i've been with them ever since okay so that's about a solid three years uh the anniversary of my of my uh my joining <laughs> is around like mid-march i think march 17th like like saint patrick's day because that's where we filmed the it is the end music video oh cool um, yeah and then the uh, march at amanda's tour which was my first tour started nearly immediately after so do you do all the makeup for the music videos too then and photo shoots and stage and everything or so i did uh i had a hand in the silver screen music videos i cool. was assisting in on um a grave mistake assisting on stabbing in the dark and i became the special effects artist for the mary axmas skit the little mini uh kill scene i that was all my work and then i did the special effects for it is the end um alongside another uh 
makeup artist Serafina, I forget her last name, but uh, the director, Dan Horahan, brought me on board. And the uh, current music videos are done in LA uh, through Jensen. And um, the makeup artist is uh, Missy. She goes by MM Custom Arts on uh, Instagram. She's phenomenal. She does a lot of our props and uh, stage equipment when it comes to like characters and other stuff uh, for tour. She does amazing work. So, so I got a question for you. So how did this come about? How, how, did, how did, how did you come on board on ice nine kills? Did they, did they like, was there like an audition or was it like, Yeah, I, w- I was going to ask, cause you're really good at what you do, obviously. So how long have you been doing it before you got hired on as part of their crew? And then how did that even happen? So, uh, to Cliff noted as best as possible without super detailing. I've always been. You go as long as you want because we okay. got an hour to fill and all we do is talk. So okay, cool. you just uh, take so your time. <laughs> my family has always been the spooky family. Like I grew up on Halloween. My first like I watched my first horror movie like when I was four. So horror and, uh, you know, Halloween has always been my thing, my family's thing. So it was no surprise that I would eventually dive into it in some capacity. Um I, I didn't start my professional makeup career until maybe five years ago. So three years into Ice Nine has been a majority of it. Um, but nonetheless, so 2018, I had graduated college. Um, and that summer was Warped 18, where the like it was the biggest one. And the day that Ice Nine was playing in Homedale, New Jersey, because I was going to college towards Manhattan, um, I was moving out of my apartment <laughs> and saying goodbye to my ex-best friend. And I, it took so long for me to move out of my apartment that I missed their set, but I still went just to enjoy the day. Um, and because I had nothing going on that summer, I'd already graduated college, literally no plans. I just went to Hartford, Connecticut. Cause I was nearby, saw their set um, and basically had asked for my job that day when I, when I went to go see them. Um, they were doing like a $5 that you get an autograph picture poster, um, like a very passing meet and greet. And um, when this, the, the American Nightmare single was also released that summer. So I did like a bone exposure SFX look and tagged everybody and Spencer noticed it. So when I paid $5 for the poster, I finally got to Spencer and I just... I just like blurted it out there. I was like, what do I have to lose? He could say no. So I just asked him, I was like, do you need a special effects artist? Like I can travel. I have nothing going on. You can, I don't even have to do the makeup. I would just love to help out if you have projects coming up. And Daniel Horihan, which the director was there that day and Spencer introduced me to him and I got contact. Um, and then the next month I was brought on for uh, grave mistake and stabbing in the dark. So I so that connection was made through doing the music videos and they were uh, Ice Nine was coming on tour with Atreyu uh, and doing around East Coast dates. So I went to go say hi, see them. Um, And they were kind of doing the costume stuff like Spencer had his Freddy sweater. Uh, JD was still in the band at that point and he had his Jason costume. Uh, Patrick, uh, the drummer, had his camp counselor costume still. So watching how they went about their day, like carrying the costumes in, like, I think there was one show somebody said, oh, shit, I forgot my costume. I have to run to the bus and, or run to the bandwagon and grab it. Um, and so it, after seeing all that, I was just thinking, I was like, what if somebody like did that for them? What if that somebody was me? So I did the same thing. I, I reached out to the tour manager. I reached out to Spencer and I just asked, I was like, do you want? somebody to come on board and do this do you want somebody to help you like i would love to be that person i would love to help build your image build the production like whatever um and they just said yes so <laughs> i so through asking i've just been with them ever since that's fucking awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you started as a fan of the band then right yeah i mean i listened to their music i wasn't uh super familiar i was familiar enough to know that uh i enjoyed their music and if it was something i was to listen to every day they'd be fine in my book um i wasn't i never treated them as like like oh my god like oh my god it's ice nine kills i was like oh okay like this is ice nine kills they're they're people um and i get to 
paint their faces. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, right. um, yeah, I, it's, uh, I always like telling that story, um, because, you know, it, it feels, uh, really good to kind of give that inspiration to other people. Like the worst thing you could ever be told is no, or right. you can simply get what they call like a New York, like a New York. No, is just simply no response. Um, okay. which it's like you miss every shot you don't take. Right. Yeah. So. No, that's that's amazing. That is that is a good word to use, like inspiring, because that just that's really, really great that that happened that way. That's very cool. Yeah, <laughs> I always I was and I always, sometimes I'll think back to it after I tell the story is what if I didn't go to the warp Tour? And what if I didn't ask? And what yeah, if I let my right? anxieties take over? Like, it's always it's always fun to play the what if game, but then play what if too long and you go down a rabbit hole, you go down a rabbit hole <laughs> yeah it's like they say like worrying is a waste of imagination i like that that is so <laughs> accurate right so <laughs> right so uh whose idea was it to start for you to start playing characters on stage so if you've been with them since 2019 then i definitely seen you like you you dress up as jason's mom right yes and then yes. you wear the jaws costume <laughs> Yeah. Is that you? Okay, yeah. so, <laughs> that shit's hilarious. That was great. I honestly, so I love the rocking the boat. I love how creative it was to include all like the different album titles in it too. Right. Um, so it was the first show day. Actually, I had no intention of going on stage. I didn't think anything of it, and it didn't cross my mind that would be an option. I was per fully prepared to be behind the curtain, behind the scenes, making sure. Like everything is going to be good. Like they were good. Um, and it was, I remember it was Syracuse at the Lost Horizon for our first show. Super low ceiling. I almost hit my head on, on that bar. I'm sure I think Ricky actually hit his head on that bar. But Spencer comes up to me. He goes, how would you feel about um, coming out on stage? And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, do you have theater? Like, have you been on theater before? And I, I have. Um, he goes, would you want to be Jason's mom? I said, what do I have to do? He goes, just be very menacing. Like, like lurk and obviously come up for your part. Um, so it started out with Jason's mom. And I wasn't the shark originally. It was our merch person at the time. Uh, he took a break and would come up and do the shark costume. And I would help him get in and out of it. Which then eventually evolved into me becoming the shark uh, with a different <laughs> shark costume that was twice the size. And <laughs> the narrow hallways were not my friend, <laughs> to say the least. It got very hot in there, too. Uh, but it started out with Jason's mom. And then Lori was introduced for our... Uh, Europe headliner, and then they just kept adding. <laughs> they just kept adding. Yeah. Uh, last but, time I saw him, you were uh, Reagan from The Exorcist for yes. the communion of the car. I was like, "Holy shit!" You were bending backwards. It was so gnarly to see. I was, I was yes. like, "Fuck yeah, that's awesome." That's my personal <laughs> favorite. Uh, and when uh, most of the time, when Spencer will come to me with a character, uh, he he has an idea of how he wants it to go. And we'll, we'll kind of like go back and forth on different ideas. Um, and there'll be times where we have to figure out choreography uh, between him and me alone. And then, and then we kind of like uh, figure out with the other three, uh, the other three guys, because there have been times where uh, I've been stepped on or <laughs> I've collided with people. So uh, habitually we worry, we uh, try to figure out where I should come in, when I should leave. Uh, what initially is the idea and then we'll work around it. But yeah, Reagan's my favorite and the backbends were my idea. So I think when, uh, when I, we first started to do it, um, Spencer was not anticipating it. And Patrick actually has admitted before that he can't watch ma my characters or, or uh, Reagan for, for a prime example, because he will get distracted. <laughs> he'll forget where he's at. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's usually Spencer's idea with a character he wants to introduce, and then we will bounce ideas back and forth on how to execute it, where to enter on stage, when to leave, how he wants to kill me. So <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I uh, 
my paycheck comes from dressing up and dying on stage. Right. <laughs> it's oh. a lot of fun. I was thinking there had to be some kind of choreography involved because on them with them lights going, you can't always see everything. And then you're in the movements, you're going to jump and spin and spin the neck of your guitar or whatever. And you don't want to catch one of the face. Yeah. So has there ever been any like uh prop mishaps or wardrobe malfunctions or. Oh, plenty. <laughs> so <Yeah>. many. <laughs> uh, if it's, if, uh, by that question, it, it, it makes me feel good that they're not easily seen. Uh, the first first time I've ever actually lost a wig for Reagan because of the backbends was actually this past Europe tour. Um, it just just came right off. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was secure and it wasn't. It just came right off. Um, but we've definitely had collisions. Um, not too many props like go flying. Uh, a lot of them are pretty secure. But um, I've dropped my knife for war for mama war he's very often like i just try to be menacing and like swing it around do something cool with it i've dropped it so many times i'm sure anybody that has been in the front barricade could see it and i just keep going with it i can't stop um nobody's uh i wonder i don't know if anybody's been dinged with the machete or the shovel before i want to say probably but it's been such like a passing like you hit me with this and then it's never spoken about again um but it happens. It's there. We try to cover it up pretty smoothly, though. So to say, yeah, the show must go on. So you just gotta act like it didn't happen and improv or whatever. Yeah, my my favorite uh, that Spencer has incorporated is uh, for have to be scared. He'll end up like tossing the head for dramatic emphasis. Um, right. But then I have to figure out where the hell it ended up. <laughs> so I'm oh, like, that's trying real, yeah. to, I'm trying to find find just a severed head on stage. Um, and it's so funny saying that out loud. It's like, yeah, I have to, you know, travel with a severed head. I have. To yeah. What do you out. do for a living? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. just, just have all of these props. And festival days are very interesting, although sometimes the props will wander off for photo ops and I have to. Yeah, I was thinking that or like, I wonder if like if they've ever been stolen or if they break, what do you do? You got to run to the because there's no Halloween stores in February, you know, so. (laughs) So typically with uh, a lot of these custom pieces that Missy builds for us, um, I will request doubles depending on what they are. Um, And also considering like, okay, is this something that is going to be used in a way that could break easily. Like if I examine it, I have to visually see how rough Spencer is going to be with it. Um, how long it's going to be in use. Cause some props are used for the whole song. And then there are some that are used for like a small moment. So um, like the ax, for example, like it's used for a very small part for hip to be scared, but he's literally swinging it aggressively. Um, and they're all foam. Well, the ax, the ax is foam. Some of them are not, <laughs> but the axes foam. <laughs> um, and uh, there we've had multiple axes, one of which, because he swung it, when he went back, the head fell off, like flung, just flew, and almost hit Patrick in the face. So um, the next axe had to be like sealed. I glued it and everything. But yeah, some, some need to be doubled up. Uh, I've had back when we were doing the mic props, uh, when our bait like Joe, our bassist was the crow. Uh, Ricky was Georgie at that point. Like we, I would decorate the mic props respectfully to the characters they would dress up as. And I remember one show, um, somebody stole the roses that I would put on Joe's mic stand, and I was very upset. I was mm. visibly very upset, uh, just because you know, like I can respect people's like excitement and that they like just want something from the show but as far as props go it's it's i feel like that's a boundary like that's a line shouldn't be crossed uh right because i need i i need that for the next show you take it (laughs) i don't have it nobody's going to be able to cost money to make it does it does it costs (laughs) money and um so yeah props have been stolen before um they've gone missing so it, it does suck that people feel they can just kind of enter that bubble and take it. Cause if yeah, you enjoy I'm, the show so much with everything that we offer, if you take it, then that kind of ruins everything. So, yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And and of all the things to steal, it's like, really, you took the goddamn roses. Took, you know? took my roses. <laughs> um, 
we don't really decorate the mic stands much anymore but uh one of our uh pickaxes for take your pick went missing i found it by the end of the night because it was on the other side of the stage again more than likely used for a photo up um i think the chainsaw was moved to a different spot than where i originally put it so none of the big props have been taken but the easily accessible ones have been misplaced so luckily i'll keep my fingers crossed and knock on wood that nothing goes wrong but right. <laughs> um nothing super drastic that it's been you know how the fuck are we gonna find this so right you said earlier that you've always been into spooky stuff so like did your mom and dad bring you up that way then or was it always like a, the family was into halloween and scary movies and stuff oh yeah yeah my mom uh definitely made sure it was yeah my mom <laughs> my uh like poor i i can't i can't even explain like yeah horror movies every night even to this day like my mom loves to watch horror movies. She's on almost every single streaming platform. Um, I give her my Shutter account because she can keep up with it more than I can. Uh, yeah, like my first horror film was Demon Knight Tales from the Crypt. And cool. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, cool. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah. Like when The Ring came out, watched it. I think I was, oh God, I don't know. <laughs> seven, eight. <laughs> Watch that. Got him um, old. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so your your parents got to be insanely proud then that you're able to make a living off that and traveling with a band and especially the, the horror oh, yeah. movie theme. That's got to be really cool for them. That's awesome. Yeah. Even some of my friends like uh, who know who've known me majority of my life, like grew up with me. They they tell me they're like you couldn't have gotten a more perfect job for yourself. You're your makeup, you're doing special effects makeup at that. And it's a horror band. Like, come on, like that, right. those are all your checkpoints. And so, just, it's awesome to see where you're at. So yeah. it's a really good feeling. And I definitely feel I lucked out in some capacity, in some way too. I, I must ask real quick, since we're on the horror stuff, favorite horror movie, go. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> don't say scream, please. Don't no, say no, scream. no, 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 yeah, no. Uh, you don't want to say that. No, I I respect Scream and I like it for what it is, but it's not it's not like a go to for me. I would have to say, like an overall like an overall horror movie that I will just always enjoy, no questions. What's is Texas Chainsaw two thousand three? No, that's not bad. No, and okay. the reason is that again, it's just a movie that like a comfort horror movie that I will put on. I will always enjoy it. The way they did it is is just ten out of ten. Um, but my favorite genre is uh the occult like the exorcist and yeah. um like that that type of genre but my favorite franchise is hellraiser oh yes yes i love 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 hellraiser i think the cenobites and right here how do i get my fingers to it's too dark you can't see yeah. it anyway oh yes that's sick it's life oh, size love that yeah like like I, I know there's supposed to be a Hellraiser remake coming up, and I know I heard that there's supposed the to be a female lead. Yes, yes. So I am so I'm excited, interested, and so curious. I'm I'm really uh, looking forward to that. I've and always wanted to see them remake The Crow with a female lead. I thought that would yeah. be amazing if like a that, if, that a, would be if a woman and her kids got killed and she come back to avenge the death of her kids. You know, That'd I think Eva be... Eva Green would make an awesome lady crow. Absolutely. Too. I like her, but fuck Audie because he's making fun of Scream. That's my favorite <sighs> horror movie. So we'll stab at you. Yeah, yeah, I respect it. I I think you know everything that they accomplished with that is fantastic. But um... it just came out at the perfect time for me. I was in sixth grade. I saw it in the movie theaters. It was like the first movie I got to pick out that's for being a scary movie. You know what I, I mean? So I grew up with that franchise. That's why it's my absolute favorite. And it's just a pure coincidence that that's Spencer's favorite movie too. And I, I was into, I've always been in the metal and I've always been into horror, but I didn't know who Ice Nine Kills was until all my friends were telling me, you got to check out this band because all their songs are about horror movies. And I, I let it sit for like a year. I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll, I'll listen to them. And then I did and just fucking fell in love. I was like, holy yeah. shit. Now they're my favorite fucking band. Yeah. And it, it's nuts. Darren definitely <laughs> turned me on to him too. He's like, bro. You gotta fucking you gotta listen to this band, bro. And I'm and I knew they'd been out for a year or two. And I'm like, oh, oh they've been out way longer than you know that. What but I, mean? I was yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, all right. Well, when you told me, asshole. Yeah, um, that CD was out for like a year yeah, or two. By the I was time like, I, told you I was about like, it. 
yeah, I knew there. Yeah. And then he turned me on. He's like, this is like the greatest band ever. And actually, when I went up to see Darren, we listened to Ice Nine Kills like all night till like seven in the yeah. morning. <laughs> Hammered drunk. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Yeah. They uh they really nailed the silver scream. Like I there are a couple songs I will skip. I'm not gonna lie. I uh I also have a little bit of uh PTSD with Love Bites, but um I really I, yeah, I uh I had to dress up as a nurse and there was like a little serenading moment with Spencer and uh, just uh, because it was so quick, it felt like not, it just didn't felt like a perfect executed kind of character on stage for me. So like, it's like, it just was a dreadful moment um, when we, when we did the song for me, but uh, still did it. It was fine. Um and then uh, Freak Flag, I'll listen to every once in a while. But any other song on that album is 10 out of 10. Yeah, that's... Yeah, like I don't throw the word masterpiece out there very often, but <laughs> it's like yeah. damn near a masterpiece to me, in my opinion anyway. But Yeah. Um, what's it like being a lady touring with a bunch of dudes? Like, what? What's was your mom like, fuck that, you're not doing that? Or like... <laughs> Like that's that's got to be different. It has to be right. So it is definitely uh, not easy. Um, not even not even the whole aspect of like touring with dudes. I mean, granted, like that that alone is is something challenging. Uh, just because they're all disgusting, you know, they're dudes, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, when I first told my mom, I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna uh, be on the road for three months with like seven guys." And my tour, my tour manager is also a woman. So like, that was like a nice relieving, uh, point of it. But yeah, I was like, I'm going to just go travel the U S for three months with some guys doing makeup, whatever. And she was like, all right. Like if you're uncomfortable, like you just let me know. She, she wasn't going to tell me what to do. I already made up my mind. I already left my job. I already said yes. So, right. um, you know, I because I had already kind of worked with them, I didn't have too much hesitation towards it. Uh, like Ricky was very welcoming. Patrick was also like welcoming. So those two alone, like I felt like I could trust on them. And if something were to go wrong, I didn't uh, I didn't I wouldn't feel alone. I didn't feel like I would have to fend for myself. So that was really relieving. Um and yeah, I mean, going forward, it's, it is a man's industry to say the least, you know, you walk in, you kind of have to have this bitchy, but stern attitude that you're there to do work and you're not just there to, oh, yeah, right. you know, like, are you familiar with the band white zombie? Oh yeah. Right. All right. I, sorry. That's a stupid fucking question, but yeah, I good. Um, so, you know, the bass player, Sean, she's a lady. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wrote a book called I'm with the band because like that was what she had to fucking say day in and day out on tour because they thought she's a groupie or whatever or trying yep. to get a peek backstage. And like, I'm in the fucking band, dude. So yep. the lanyards didn't matter. They didn't believe her. It's like, that's got to be rough, man. So, yeah, yeah. you got to have like that confident attitude. Like I'm at fucking work, asshole. You know? <laughs> yep. I uh, I definitely have like I, I wear my walkie like super visible so that they right. know like I'm crew. Like even with my lanyard out too, like it's it's on my it's a it's on my uh fanny pack or my carabine, like wherever I'm wearing, like again, I try to go in the venue with no makeup on so they see that I'm crew. Um but it's it's definitely rough. Like I uh, usually I will always push my own gear, but if we have hands because some of some of my gear is just so obscure and long and heavy that I'll like pull it out and I'll be like, all right, this got to go over there. And they listen, but more than half the time, what the funny thing is uh, I'll have a promoter or somebody from the venue come up to me and they'd be like, okay, so where are you setting up merch? Which is not, which is not a thing. Like I don't not to shit on merch people, specifically merch girls like that. That is a challenge in and of itself. And I can't math very well. So kudos to you, but I just find it funny how like merch is typically associated with merch girls. So when they come up to me, I'll be I'll be so quick and slightly, you know, with a little bit of a sting to it. It'd be like, oh, yeah, our merch guy, he's over there. You can go talk to him about it because um, 
usually my department is stage. Like I am on stage. I'm working on stage. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a challenge. And then just being on tour in general, like minimal privacy, you have to learn to live out of a single suitcase, be comfortable with the fact that you'll be wearing like jeans for four days straight with swamp ass. Like it's, it's crazy. Right. That's, it's really cool to see you break that stereotype of like the merch girl. Cause they usually got like the goth chick and, and I totally get it. I, I totally fucking get it. But yeah, that's got, that's another way that you're inspiring to ladies is because it's like, well, fuck if she can do it, man, why can't I? And then they'll like break out of that mold and try it and like get over their anxieties and things like you said earlier. Yeah. I, I, I am very active on my socials and I, I like to talk about it as often as I can without being annoying. And my number one question I'm always asked is how do I get your job? How do I, how do I do what you do? And it really sucks because I wish I had a better answer other than just, just go do it. But it really is just go do it. But for people that specifically want to do, you know, makeup with bands or they want to be a touring makeup artist, not many bands are doing that right now. And um, I hate to say like, you know, eventually more bands will do it because you never know. Uh, however, the easiest way to start it is just music videos are going to be the most accessible yeah. and um, just talk. You have to talk to people. You have to be a social butterfly. You have to go to shows. You have to shoot in the DMS and hope somebody sees it or even responds. And again, like you might never get an answer. You might be left on red, you might get a no, you know, you get a yes, but it's a matter of not fearing rejection and just hoping somebody's willing to give you the chance. But you know, again, not many bands are touring that are doing makeup that are even going to open up a position to have a makeup artist with them because, you know, like in this moment and most listen white and even like some of the bigger bands, like as, far as like I think corn and um ghosts like they are either doing it themselves or they've switched it up to where they already have their people established um and it's harder gonna to be getting into those kind of camps and any bands that are going to open up those positions might not pay what it's worth it and it's not because they don't want to it's just because either they don't have the budget or they're not in a position where they can pay what would be worth it to somebody or if somebody's willing to, you know, pay the lower budget if they can even pay. Um, so there's a lot of factors and a lot of things to consider um, when looking to have that kind of position. Yeah. yeah I was going to say that, that uh, you're another person to feed and you're another person to, I mean, they, they got to pay us. So yeah, that's, that's a lot. What were you going to say, Audie? No, I was going to say, you know, people who ask you that at, at the same time, not to be blunt, or an asshole to them, you got to be good. You know what that, I mean? Like that is the other thing. Yeah, you definitely you've obviously uh, prov proven your point with the guys. Yeah. You know the band, so you're you're definitely a keeper. But uh, you know, for those to ask, hey, what do I do? You know, it's you you got to be good at it. You got to follow the dream, but you have to be good at the dream. I guess I guess in a sense, you know. Yeah that that is the other unspoken thing about it. Yeah, I mean, point. you don't want to bluntly just tell the fans, hey, right, right. If like, you are suck, you good? Can you do you it? Know, <laughs> I mean, Darren would. I probably would. It's like, if you suck, you ain't going to make it. You know what I mean? Uh, I wouldn't say that, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any other uh, bands that you've worked with? Uh, not touring. Touring uh, Ice Nine has been my one and only band uh, so far. I'm open to the idea of touring with other bands, but um, I don't think anybody needs a makeup artist or somebody uh, drastic enough well, for a wardrobe just yet. But I've worked with... Um, uh, I worked with music videos. I've done one with Moontooth. Uh, they're Long Island, New York based. I've done one with uh, Varsity. They're Brooklyn, New York based. Um, what else have I done? Well, maybe now that these other bands that are touring with Ice Nine Kills, they'll see how smooth it runs and how helpful you are. And they'd be like, we got to get us a girl like that, you know? So I have talked with a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, I, I always I always love hearing because it's it's been the same comment like well we don't really need any makeup or I don't think we need makeup but maybe we'll just start wearing it just so we could take you out right <laughs> and I, I just sit there and be like oh wait you have but, a number well just yeah. just by just by what little bit we've talked with you I would I see you more as just a makeup artist at this point you know from just what everything you've said and done 
uh yeah you're a very so, important piece to yeah, the tour you're, you're more than just package, a makeup man. artist so yeah you know like 100 you bring a lot to the table just from this conversation that we had uh so so what yeah, is it what is a typical day like for you on tour? Like from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, cause you gotta be busy all day. And, and then also I'd like to hear what you do when you're downtime. Yeah. Uh, so there are days I don't get to eat super often. <laughs> I'll ask I somebody bet. to go get me food. Um, but yeah, like sometimes my days start as early as 8am and I don't leave the venue until 2am. Um, you know, on a typical ice nine headliner, we get to the venue, we crack, we crack open the trailer, go inside, like evaluate how much space we got. Um, I'll, I will typically be on one side of the stage to set up my stuff, whereas audio and everything will be on the other side and then front of house in the center of the room. Every venue is a little bit different. So we assess that and then look into the green rooms where I'm going to set up my makeup or how everyone's going to be separated and situated. Um, and then start bringing in all the gear. I separate my gear. Um, I'll wait for the green light to start cracking open cases. Uh, we now have a wardrobe dressing room case. So I bring that up, set that up, get the, get the costumes laid out if they need to air out. Um, if there's laundry, I start laundry as soon as possible. So they got fresh clothes. And then start counting at VIP. So Trinity of Terror, we had many, many pieces to go. And then, of course, the posters had to be autographed. So I felt very annoying to constantly knock on doors to get people to sign posters but that oh, was yeah because it was all three bands right yeah god damn that it sounds like that tour would have fell apart if you weren't there <laughs> i i cannot take all the credit like there were many moving parts of that tour to make it go as smooth as as smooth as it did um but yes there were uh many moving parts for that tour to run smooth crew wise um right massive massive tour fantastic tour uh but i think a lot of things uh as far as production were overlooked and uh not thought about to say the least uh okay not considered i mean we made it work we we hauled ass and like even with bus issues and everything like we we did the tour we survived um, but yeah, that VIP had a lot of little pieces. Like there was a bag and a poster. I had to roll the posters, put the posters in the tubes. They were protected. So VIP will usually take up most of my day, just making sure I have the right count, um, separating for the next day. So VIPs, we have usually a hundred a day. That's a hundred pieces and there's multiple pieces to a package. Um, so yeah, making sure all that's counted. I have to put that by the door. So I'm not carrying every, like, you know, I got noodle arms and I carry what I can carry <laughs> or I'll ask for help. Um, so usually counting out VIP will take a majority of my day. And then I follow back up with my stage stuff to make sure that's set. I wait for the green light by uh, my audio guy, uh, Elmo, to make sure I, like all his mics are on Patrick's drum kit so I can lay up all Spencer's props, Spencer's masks. And then I wait to see when I can start laying out everybody else's masks and props. Um I'm constantly running around to see if like, okay, so if they're busy in this department, I'm going to go check on this, on this corner of the venue so I can fix this. Okay. This is done. I can go back and follow up with this. And then VIP time rolls around pretty quick. Then I start checking kids in and then, uh, I talk, I talk poorly because <laughs> I stutter on words. Um, so it's like a makeup artist slash stage manager. I not specifically stage manager are, are, but more or less like as far as staging goes, my stuff plays a huge role. Um, right. So our production manager will uh, make sure like spacing for me is taken into account because it is known that, well, if I'm not on stage, I'm somewhere else doing something else. Um, and that's why the lovely walkie talkies come <laughs> like a godsend mm -hmm. on tour, um, you know, follow up to see like, all right, chef, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing this. Do you have a second to come to stage so I can, you know, confirm this with you? Yes or no? Yeah. So it's a very busybody uh, job for me. And any downtime that I have, I feel like I just found a quiet corner to just sit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll occasionally run out of the venue to like go see if there's a local coffee shop or like a, like a sweet treat shop nearby just to like treat myself. Um and uh, I don't go out after shows too often, but on the off chance that I do, it's uh, for a short period of time. But 
usually after the show and all my gears loaded up, I help my tour manager clean up the venue um, just because they already have so much to do cleaning up after the show. There's no reason that they need to clean up after us. So I make sure the green room is in adequate shape. It's not too much of a mess between food or make sure nobody left anything behind, bring it onto the bus, uh, put the food away. And then, um, and then I crawl into my bunk <laughs> and I do it all again the next day. <laughs> do you guys make many stops on the road? Like you don't like Spencer can't walk into a Walmart. He's like, he's too popular. I would think, or do you guys do those? Or you got someone on the bus that, you know, if they ran out of underwear or whatever, they got They want subway or whatever. Like you got people for that or, you all just don't pull into a Walmart parking lot, right? No, I mean, so usually on off days, it's and it's the same for every band, right? Is that like an off day? What do you do on an off day? Like, what would you do on an off day? Depending on where you are, because there are there are times where we've been, prime example, one of our off days, we ended up in Roanoke, Virginia. Well, what the hell oh. is in Roanoke, Virginia, <laughs> right? It's not, it's not what you think because it's not the horror American horror story part, because I looked it up just to confirm because I wanted to go see if I could find some, something cool. And it's not there. Uh, apparently, so there's like no museum of that, like of that, nothing. No, that colony that vanished or whatever. The colony <laughs> is actually somewhere in the Carolinas, nowhere near, uh, Roanoke, Virginia. Those false advertising. So, so false advertising. I, I hate this movie now. <laughs> I was like, I've been bamboozled. I've been right. lied to. Um, so yeah, a typical off day, depending on where we end up, is mall crawling. Okay. I, sh- I shit you not. It's mall crawling or movies um, or uh, Top Golf if it's nearby. Sometimes Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's you have to do every once in a while because it's it's pretty repetitive and Top Golf can be repetitive. So we treat it as like a once in a while treat um, to ourselves. And um, but yeah, it's. It's very hard to find fun things to do on an off day because sometimes, depending on the drive, uh, with how we end up and if the driver needs to sleep or anything like that, it's a uh, it's a gamble. So like when we were rolling through, for yeah, uh, Roanoke, Virginia, we just ended up at some parking lot at the mall, and we were there for a day, and uh, some of us went to the mall, some of us watched movies and the theater all day and then some of us went to a nearby walmart and just got outdoor games and played badminton outside the bus so it's it really just depends it also depends on the type of person uh each that you like how you want to spend your off day um patrick is typically the one to go to the movie theater and just watch movies all day joe likes to walk around and explore spencer uh and Usually off days, we always get a hotel room. So Spencer spends most of his time in his off in his hotel room, usually because he has interviews or he's like catching up with business stuff. Um, and he'll go out to dinner later. Um, our tour manager takes care of everything for the upcoming and relaxes herself. Um, everyone has different vibes. I don't know right. where I end up. It depends on where I'm at, what I'm feeling, <laughs> who's who's feeling social, who's not, who wants their off, who wants their alone time. So it really just varies. Have you ever like uh, been concerned for your safety? Like you accidentally end up in like a sketchy area because uh, we had a guy on our podcast and how they like they totally spent the night in a really terrible side of town and they woke up and like we got to get the fuck out of here before we get robbed. They were like they were basically right outside of like a housing project, and it was like that's when they first started touring and they didn't really plan things out very well. But does that ever happen to you or? Probably not, I'm assuming, I right? Think, I think we've been fortunate enough to not come across anything like that uh, when it comes to an off day. Uh, but there definitely have been times with shows that uh, we've come across some pretty not okay situations. I mean, naturally, when you know, you're know you on a tour and there's like street parking and like the door to the bus leads out to the main street, you have to right. look both ways and be mindful make sure no, like, I remember there was one, one of our New York City shows, somebody opened up the door and actually clocked a biker. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Don't ask me who, because I don't remember. But uh, that happened, and, you know, you okay? Just kept going. <laughs> it's fine. So, so I, must, I must ask, worst and best states you've toured through? Oh, God. I've always enjoyed Utah. 
for landscape. I just, I'm a sucker for at, for landscape, architecture, all that kind of stuff. So going to Europe is like a blast for me. I just, I'm constantly like a tourist looking up at everything. But <laughs> I like Utah. I love the mountains. Uh, super beautiful. Um, I am a little partial to touring in the South just because I'm a vegetarian and they don't have a lot of vegetarian options. Even for some of our vegan guys, they're not, uh, they don't have a lot of food options for us. Um, but yeah, I could, I could probably do without like Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Audie. I could just do without, I could do without Florida. Um, Audie's from Florida. So haha, fuck you. (laughs) It's fine. I'm fine with like visiting. I call Florida God's junk drawer. It's the greatest state well, ever. Shut the I'm in <laughs> Il- I'm in Illinois, and Illinois is just okay. so you have corrupt. no room to talk, bro. No, I don't. It's the government's corrupt as shit in Illinois, and <laughs> Audie here is a veteran, and he said that there are the roads in in Baghdad are nicer than our roads Absolutely. here in Illinois. So I just I mean the roads in New York are not that are not that much. I feel like anywhere you go, there just there's new potholes being planted so more construction could be done. yeah it's like welcome to chicago would you like some potholes with your crime oh my god i will say chicago has some pretty bad roads uh oh yeah driving through illinois it's always like a all right let's see how bad the roads are tonight how who's gonna sleep the worst um but yeah i always enjoy driving out like colorado and utah it's just i love looking at the mountains uh it seems like it'd be pretty peaceful yeah be cool and um I don't know something about the South and not having food for me kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I, I figured there'd had to be at least one vegetarian or vegan because isn't Patrick? Uh, is he vegan or vegetarian? Yep, Patrick's I vegan. Uh, Joe is vegan. I'm vegetarian. Um, we've had other vegetarians on tour with us, but I have been uh, solid for about three years, also being vegetarian. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's got to be rough between between everybody. Like, where are we going to eat tonight? And everyone's got to figure out what they're going to get because you're not going to get Taco Bell, you know? So, Oh, no, Taco Bell has great vegetarian options. Oh, yeah? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Most, most cool. of their ven- menu is vegetarian. And honestly, like, ever since cutting out meat, like, just for Taco Bell alone, like, cutting out meat, let me just say, my stomach doesn't hate me and I don't get, I don't get an upset stomach much anymore. So good. That's, good. I, I, that's, that's been like the best takeaway for me. Um, they have, they have uh, vegan options, but um, between having no cheese and everything it's, and no sour cream, it's a little slimmer, but it's still an option. Um, and then of course the dreadful impossible burgers. If, if you ever ask a vegan, what's it like to eat on tour? And you ask them if they want an impossible burger, just just wait for the reaction because <laughs> <laughs> the the so it's it's just dreadful because it's usually the only option ever is just a, an impossible burger. Um, oh, that sucks. It's just it's like every day. It's like if I ever have to eat another impossible burger on the road, I'm just gonna put my head through a fucking wall. Like I'd rather <laughs> eat just straight beans at that point. Well, um, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I've never had one. I'm gonna get one just so I can feel your pain. I'll check out an Impossible Burger. They're good. I mean, I might be biased. I'm probably biased, but uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of places actually uh, are starting to incorporate more plant-based options, which is really nice. But um, uh, my mom, I took her to a vegan joint local to uh, Albany, and she was blown away. She's like, I, don't, I wouldn't have never known this is plant-based or or not meat. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what you're missing out on. <laughs> so hearing words like from a metal band, like using words like uh, vegan and vegetarian, like the dudes, they're they're probably not like partiers or crazy, huh? Like like you hear back in the day, like a lot of the metal bands touring were just going ape shit and partying. But you guys are all pretty chill and professional, I would assume, right? Yeah, very chill. <laughs> uh, like the only people that like really will go out and not even go out and party hardy, right? Like they'll go out and socialize. It's like Patrick, some members from our crew, um, Ricky every once in a while. But of the band, it's probably uh, Patrick. And then uh, our uh, guitar, our touring guitar player, uh, Chris, who will go out oh, and socialize. That, he's the guy that's filling in for Dan, right? Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
uh, I'll go out and socialize as long as my schedule allows me. Also depends on bus call, but uh, but yeah, right. like we don't we don't party hard very like often at all. Like if it's an off day, we'll go out and socialize with each other again, depending on what the vibe is and where we're at. But we don't, yeah, we don't, we don't Motley crew it or anything. Right. Like <laughs> Throwing TVs through windows and shit oh, like that. God, no, it's right. funny I when uh, when when I told my mom I was going on tour, she's like. I can't imagine all the drugs you guys are going to do. And you're going to be a changed person when you come home. And then she, she came out to one of the shows and it was funny. Cause she said to me after she goes, I was expecting like this, this, and this, and you guys are just a bunch of nerds. Like you don't do anything. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> that's amazing. That's, that's yeah. the coolest thing I've heard in a long time. That's fucking hysterical. So with five minutes left, I was I really wanted to ask you about what was it like doing a private signing with Mintich Authentics like that had like people want my autograph. Holy shit. And like what's that's got to be fucking awesome. Right. When Adam reached out to me, I was I I I had to like double check the email and I I admittedly reached out to Ricky, too. I was like, is this legit? Like, is this this, can I trust this? Um, Because I I never know. And like, especially something like that, it's totally new to me. I I didn't know. And I was not expecting it. And Ricky was like, oh, no, this guy's awesome. Like, please, please do it. Like, you're going to love it. So, you know, talking with Adam and like getting some fine lines uh, combed out and I sent him photos over. um, Yeah, I was just blown away. And he was he was it was very thorough. He was like, this is silver. This is gold. This this many photos and this many photos and then this and that like so like I was blown away. But it was really exciting and uh, to see some of the fans like have such a strong response to it too. Where I was like, oh, shit. And <laughs> yeah, no, that's crazy. I can't think of any band in the history of ever that like has a a crew member or whatever like that is that popular. It's fucking yeah. good for you. That's so cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy for you. That's yeah. awesome. Very when cool. uh, when I had to figure out how I was gonna sign it, I I was in the kitchen. I was like with my mom. I was like, "What do I do? <laughs> like, do I do this? Do I do this?" I had I had at least two pages full of just scribble, and she was like, "Just sign your damn name." I was like, "But it matters. It matters <laughs> right. because if it's different here and it's not like it has to be the same." So <laughs> that was I never thought I would ever have to struggle figuring out what my signature would be. I got it figured out, but it took it took a little longer than I thought it would ever take. But yeah, it's uh it's insane. It's a great feeling and the whole fandom is just so welcoming. I love I love being a part of it. Yeah, practicing oh. your autograph is uh like you know you made it, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, like yeah. it's a good problem to have to stress out over that, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's so much more that you could be stressing out over. Yeah. Um, is I, there anything that you want to plug before we let you go? Like I I saw on your Instagram you uh you sell stuff on Mercari. Like yeah. that's, that's cool. Like I'm totally yeah. gonna follow you on Mercari and I and I wanna buy something. Even if it's something little and stupid, just so I could be like, you know, who I got this from, <laughs> you Thanks. know, because yeah. you can't tell by my background, I'm a huge collector and I collect all kinds of horror movie shit and true crime memorabilia. So I would love to buy something from you and then put it in my collection and display Thanks. it in my bar. <laughs> Heck yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, I got a bunch of like random vintage posters. Well, not random, but like really cool vintage posters. So I threw them up there back from like early 2000s and some are autographed. Uh, some are not, but still, those are really cool. And I'll occasionally throw up like some paintings. Again, I hate painting, but I do it because it is calming in some sense. So I have some like original paintings I'll throw up there every once in a while. Um, nothing like Picasso, but I'll throw it up there for just for some extra, just from extra stuff out there. And um, clothing I'm trying to get rid of, but nothing uh, super on my brand i would say um i do want to get out there and like do more like maybe tutorials that people have asked me if i'm doing classes and that is something i'm trying to really nail i just need to find the right platform and something that's going to be appropriate and fair to everybody considering i'm not always home and i don't have you know a day a week to sit down and do a full class with people so i would start a patreon dude 
I have thought about it, but it, it also leads to the question, like, what am I going to send out? Makeup. Because I, I had a girl already comment. Um, She wanted me to ask you how you do your eyebrows. There you go. First Patreon video. My eyebrows? Oh, month. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you they're you, not even. So. <laughs> well, yeah, um, makeup tutorials or making your own clothes or painting or dyeing your hair. You'd be surprised what people want to want to watch you do and stuff. And they'd, be, they'd pay you the five bucks a month, you know. I'll have to, I, I'll definitely have to reconsider and go over some topics with, uh, publicly and like, see what they want, what, yeah, there you go, everything, but you're on like TikTok and Instagram and you're not on Facebook much probably, right? Facebook. I like to keep it pretty, uh, tight knit. I like to keep that strictly for family and like close yeah. friends. I don't um, blame you at all. Yeah. I, uh, just because it's, it's such a toxic is- place. <laughs> Facebook is toxic in and of itself, but social media, I think with the growth of it, while it is great in some aspects, connecting new people, new connections, you know, uh, opening up doors creatively, what have you. Um, Some of those are great, but I feel like with the growth and rapid growth with COVID alone too, like it, it kind of creates the uh, instant gratification um, and also like vulnerable accessibility in a way. So right. uh, I feel like to make sure like sometimes boundaries are kind of set because um, like I still have my life. I still have my privacy. I still want to keep some things to myself that I don't want to share. So of all my social platforms, I try to keep that to be Facebook. Like this is this is reserved for my family, my close friends, my my people that are not a part of my uh, professional lifestyle, if you will. Right. No, that makes sense. I get yeah. it. But uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I got some things I'm working out on, some things I definitely am trying to uh, trying to get out there and do more. And uh, just got a really wild year I'm excited for, too. <laughs> cool. Um, I would love to have you back on the show if you're ever interested in that. I hope this was fun for you. Again, thank you so much for taking time out of your Friday night to hang out with us. This was awesome. I'm really yeah, happy about thanks. this episode. Yeah. yeah, no, this was a lot of fun. I uh, I don't do a lot of this stuff super often, so for you guys to ask me, I was, I was really excited. This is great. I would cool. love to come back and we can, like, I don't know, if, uh, if you ever want to talk like horror movie reviews, I'd love to talk about film. Like, I obviously from a makeup standpoint i could nitpick shit all the way through <laughs> oh that's a great say, idea you probably, yeah, yeah you probably peel apart everything in movies i just recently I saw the black it. phone and i you know will always i for example like for it it chapter one i went to go see it three times i because i was just mesmerized by it. the first time i went to go see it just to watch it the second time i went to go see it to like pay attention to easter eggs and the third time i went to like really put it all together and uh yeah i nitpicked that one apart pretty well <laughs> but yeah in a good I, way I, or a bad way when, what do you mean when you nitpicked it apart in a, i would say in a good way i mean uh you know i think it chapter one was a awesome reintroduction to the story i think uh because it is it is and you know uh it's an adaptation it's it's not necessarily right. a mm. hardcore remake but I think just like a reintroduction to the franchise, to a new generation, taking a more modern spin on the story, I think it was really well executed. I think, um, granted, like jump scares became a little more popular or on the rise during that time. So the movie literally put me on the edge of my seat of anxiety. Like the moment that I thought I could calm down, like it just ramped back up. Like I had a heart attack, like my heart was racing the entire movie. So I thought that was like the pacing of it was, was uh, entertaining and, uh, and like a steady, steady flow. Um, and uh, in comparison to chapter two, like the first one was just really fun. It, it just laid everything out. Like, here's how it's going to go. And then the second one was all plot story based on how we're going to finish it. And a lot right. of people didn't like the second one, but I think if you're if you're watching the movie just to watch it out of the thrill, then of course you're not going to like the second one. But if you're watching for the story of it, how are you not going to like the second one? Right, I love them both, and I don't yeah. I don't think this is true, but I've heard a lot of talk about them wanting to do a prequel, and it would just be nothing that Stephen King wrote. It would be like the director making up his own shit with Bill Skarsgård. 
I, so I don't know. I know he is playing the crow. He's playing Eric Draven in the crow remake that they're coming out with. Really? Yeah, I saw like Holy the shit. yeah, like the concept art for it and shit. I'm pretty sure it's a real thing that Bill Skarsgård is going to be the next Eric Draven. He's and, fantastic. You know, he's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But you know how people are? They get pissy about oh, don't touch that movie, don't remake it, just stop ruining the original. And I'm like, you're not ruining the original. The original is still there. Yeah. You know. It's just a whole new fucking movie. Just sit down and be entertained for 90 minutes, you know? Yeah. I, I can totally, I totally respect that too. Like, just, if you don't like it, just don't watch it. And if, you, yeah, right. if you're upset with it, then okay. Just don't ruin it for other people that might actually like it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Quit being a dick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let people like what they like. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. This is awesome. Um, we'll let you go get back to your Friday evening. And uh, I, I got your email, so I'll send you an email sometime about like coming back on the show. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll send you the link to like Spotify or whatever. I, I can hook you up with that. So if you want to share it or whatever, that's totally cool. But fuck yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This thank is you, awesome. Teddy. Yeah, of course. Thank you, guys. Bye. Okay, later. <laughs> See you later. What up? What's up, man? Man, that went really smooth. That went really, really well. She was, uh, she definitely made our job easy. Yeah, I, I feel bad that I put makeup artist because she does so much more. Well, we didn't, like, you know, we didn't know everything, man. and that's why no, we wanted I know. to talk to her because I know. But then I'm sitting here staring at makeup artists on the screen. I'm like, shit, should have <laughs> done that. There's so much more to it, but yeah, yeah. She, she's amazing. She's a rock star. Like she. Dude, fucking hard worker, man. Like they're my favorite band, and they put on one of the best shows I've ever seen. And it's like, but it's now, because now of her. you know, yeah, dude, all you know the shit I mean? that goes behind it. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. That's crazy, man. I, uh, I'd love to have her back on, and we can bullshit about movies. And oh yeah, she'll probably put us to shame with some of her reviews. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is such a fun person. That was. I'm really happy about that. Thank you, Adam. Lentinch for uh, putting in the good word for us. We truly appreciate it here at Don't Blame Us. And go to MintageAuthentics.com, buy their shit. They have autograph signings from the band, from Nadia, from Chevy. Go do that. And uh, what else? Please donate to our Patreon. Five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, whatever you want to do. We got t-shirts, we got koozies, we got moon boots and parachute pants. <laughs> Fucking, <laughs> we do. <laughs> uh, if they donate to the Patreon, I'll get them some goddamn parachute <laughs> pants. I'd love to see you in those. Oh, dude, I'll rock the shit out of them. I don't give a fuck with the moon boots, baby. <laughs> I will get down. I don't give a fuck. Well, um, I think that's it, man. That was really good. Yeah. I uh, thanks, Audie. You fucking, you kicked ass tonight. Yes, sir. I, I'm gonna. I didn't, I didn't say much. I. I I was letting her talk, and I was mesmerized. Very good storyteller. Yes, yes. But, uh, she uh, she she made our job really easy. She she was wonderful. That was my favorite guest so far. Definitely the most fun. But that's it, man. I, I appreciate it, um, Chevy. If you're listening, thank you again. Yep. Uh, Slap us up on it. all the shit so I can listen to it. I'm gonna drink some beers and listen to Ice Nine Kills, man. Hell yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go, dude. <laughs> All right, brother. Love you, All right, brother. Love you too, man. I'll talk to you later. See you. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in to our little Passion Project podcast. Remember, we go live every single Friday night, same damn time, same damn channel. So if you miss it, don't blame us.